Jesus in the gospel at the Last Supper is explaining to his friends that he's going to the Father to show them the way. And this is actually why he came down. He comes down from heaven to speak God's words to us and take us back, return us to the Father, our creator, the one who who loves us. And this is Christ's role as a priest. He's the great high priest and he's, as a priest, he does three main things. He mediates. So it's what he's doing here. He's mediating God's presence to us. And we can, we can see how he does this so many times. He speaks God's word to us. He pleads for us on our behalf to the Father. That's what a priest does. He mediates between God and man. He's the perfect mediator because he is both God and man. The other thing he does is he offers sacrifice. Jesus offers sacrifice. This is what every priest does, actually. Jesus offers sacrifice. What's his sacrifice? Well, it's his very body and blood. It's the perfect sacrifice that takes away the sins of the world. And he continues to offer this as he's seated at the right hand of the Father. But he began offering at the Last Supper and demonstrates it perfectly on Calvary when, as we see, the other main thing that a priest does in the, in the line of Jesus is he's a victim. He is the very victim that's being offered. He doesn't offer some other substitute, but he himself takes the place uh, of the the lamb of sacrifice. And actually, we see this in every form of priesthood. And we have three three illustrations of priesthood in the readings today. The first reading talked about the Old Testament priesthood. Some of the priests, talking about the Old Testament priests, the Levites who are serving, ministering in the temple. Well, what do they do? Well, they mediate. They mediate God's presence to men. They, they go and tell, God, tell people what God is saying to them. And then they come and plead on the people's behalf before God. We see this, we see this very clearly in Moses. Moses goes up the mountain and he pleads for, for his people to, to God. Right? The people actually say there's thunder and lightning on Mount Sinai. And they say, hey, you go talk to God. We'll stay here where it's safe. Moses goes up the mountain, speaks to God. He comes back down, what, with the Ten Commandments. He says, this is God's word for you. This is what God wants for you, from you. Well, of course, the people disobey, and he, he, he worshiped the golden calf. He goes back up the mountain, and he says, he says to the Lord, don't, don't smite them, please. Give us another chance. He's pleading, pleading for the people. Uh, so we see this. We see him also offering sacrifice. Once they made the, the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, he offers sacrifice. He goes into the Holy of Holies, the inner sanctuary, and he sprinkles the blood on the altar. The offering of a sacrifice was twofold. One, it was to say, we've sinned, we deserve death, we are not worthy, please take this instead. It was a substitutionary sacrifice. Take this thing instead. This, this, is, this could have been of great value to me. We could have eaten it. We could have, we could have lived off of it. We could have, we could have sold it. Uh, but we're going to give it to you, Lord, because we're unworthy. This is what a priest does. Even in, even in pagan religions, even today in animist religions in Africa and other places, there are members of the family who are, who are, are the, the priests and they offer sacrifice uh, and some, some ancient civilizations have been known to offer human sacrifice, which of course is abominable and we frown upon, but you see where they're coming from. We've sinned. Somebody deserves to die. Take him, not me. We offer this to our false gods. 
right? So in the Old Testament, they would offer goats and lambs and bulls and cows as, as a substitutionary sacrifice. The other time we were to sacrifice is in a covenant. We make a covenant, which is to enter into a deep re- relationship, a deep friendship with God. And there would often be a sacrifice offered. And the sacrifice would say, I'm killing this animal as a way to say that if I, if I go back on my end of this bargain, my end of this covenant relationship, then you can do this to me. You can cut me in two. And so we see this every time there's a covenant, there's, there's some sort of sacrifice. This, this, is, this is the pledge that I'm making. and I seal it with blood. Again, Jesus is making it the Last Supper. He says, this is the covenant of my blood, the new and everlasting covenant. So when we partake of that covenant, we ought to be very careful ourselves because this is, this is what we're saying. If, if I go back on this covenant, let this be my blood that is shed. So we see this in, in, uh, in Moses. Again, he offers, he's mediates, he offers sacrifice. And then he also becomes a victim. He also becomes a victim, foreshadowing the victim that Christ will be himself. First, we see it in just the way that his people, just like they did to Jesus, they complain and they gripe and they nag and they gossip. Uh, Jesus, of course, uh, was no stranger to this. And Moses got his very fair share. In fact, one time he's talking to God, he says, hey, just take me now. If they're going to treat me like this, just take me now. And, uh, and we see, we see how, how he, he's just, he's, he's, he's spending himself for his people. But on another occasion, the Lord says, I'm going to smite them. Let me alone. I'm going to smite them. Moses says, no, Lord, take me, not them. He offers himself in their stead. He offers them himself in their place. In fact, there's an ancient rabbinic tradition that says the reason why Moses didn't get to enter into the promised land was because he had made that offering to the Lord. He had offered himself as a victim and the Lord accepted that and so that's why he didn't enter into the promised land. So in a, in a very, in a very literal, in a, in a figurative sense, the people cut him to pieces and then he offered himself to God. Uh, so, so that's the ancient, the Old Testament priesthood. The other, the other priesthood we see is Jesus is talking at the Last Supper to his apostles. He's initiated here the New Testament priesthood, the priesthood, the sacramental ministerial priesthood of which I am part and other priests and bishops are a part as well. By the way, I have a, an extra priest in the sanctuary today. This is Father Fain. He actually baptized one of our first communicants and so he's here today to make sure uh, you know, the, the sacraments keep coming for her. So check in. So, um, But the ministry priesthood, we too have to do those three, same three things. We mediate. We mediate between God and man. So we come up here, we preach the word. We have to spend lots of time in prayer and study so that we can tell you what God wants you to hear. We, we, we want you to know what God's will is for your life. And so we come and we tell you what God says. And then we go to God and we plead on your behalf. There's beautiful prayers in the mass in particular where we say, snatch us away, Lord. Deliver us from damnation. Deliver us from evil. Count us among your flock. We're praying these prayers on your behalf. I think one of the things when we celebrate mass on the high altar like this, we see this illustrated because the mediator stands in the middle. He stands in between. And so I stand here facing that way with you, pleading on your behalf to God, the Almighty Father. So the, the priest mediates. He also offers sacrifice. 
course, again, this is what we do at the holy, the holy sacrifice of the Mass. We offer the same self-sacrifice that Jesus offered on Calvary and continues to offer at the right hand of the Father. By, by, the, by the ministerial grace, the sacramental grace in us, we confect that same Eucharist, the same Eucharist that began at the Last Supper and was consummated on Calvary. And we get to offer that to the, to the Father, again, on your behalf. And then a, a priest, a good priest knows what it's like to be a victim, spending himself for his people, hours in the confessional, hours being with them, being, being radically available to them. And, uh, and then, quite frankly, like, like Moses, if a priest is speaking God's words, then people won't always like that. And so he'll, he'll very much, in a real way, get cut to pieces. I remember when I was first becoming a pastor, another pastor friend of mine said, you would not believe the things that people say about priests, say to priests, that they would never say to any other human being. And he wasn't talking about what they say in the confessional. They're cutting, they'll cut you to pieces. Because if you're preaching God's words, not everybody will like that. And somebody, as a pastor, somebody is always, always angry at you for something. And so we, we unite ourselves with the victimhood of Jesus and offer ourselves to our people also as part of our, our mediation. So we see, those, we see those, uh, those two forms of the priesthood lived out in, in imitation of Jesus' priesthood or pre, uh, pre, sh- foreshadowing Jesus' priesthood. But what about this last priesthood? The priesthood of all the believers. This is the priesthood that St. Peter is talking about in his reading. He says that you, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. You have been chosen to offer spiritual sacrifices, to be a holy priesthood. That's your job. So we want to know what, what it's, we want to know it's incumbent upon you as a priest so you can exercise your priesthood as well. Well, same, the same three things. You're called to mediate. You're called to mediate Christ's presence, God's presence to the world. Parents, in a very real way, you know what this is like. You mediate God's words to your children. You, you teach them, you raise them in the faith, you bring them to mass, you teach them their prayers. You, 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 in, a, in the way that you love them, you're supposed to show them the love of the Father. That's you mediating Christ's presence to them. And then, of course, you pray for them. You pray for them to God that they'll, they'll grow up to know and follow his ways. And this is your mediation. The rest of us, even if we're not parents or grandparents, we still have to mediate those people we know in the workplaces, our, our friends and our family who maybe don't know the Lord or have fallen away. We mediate to them. We, we, might, we might ask for those opportunities. Lord, give me an opportunity to share your love, to share your grace, to share your words. Maybe even share a reprimand with them if that's necessary because that's what a priest has to do. And of course, we offer sacrifices for them. We pray for them. We intercede for them. We come to this mass and we unite our prayers to the prayer of the priest on the altar. The priest says, pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours... Are you you uniting your sacrifice? Another prayer after that, it says, or they offer it for themselves and all who are dear to them. Are you doing that? Are you offering your sacrifices for yourselves and for all who are dear to you? The sacrifice of praise for their health and well-being. This is what we do when we we come to the the holy sacrifice of the mass. And lastly, you also are called to be a victim because if you're living the faith 
If you're trying to preach God's word, if you're trying to tell other people that Jesus loves them, you will be cut to pieces. You will be persecuted. But we find that if we're avoiding that, to avoid being cut, we're not living up to our priesthood. We're not being faithful to our call. And we always want to be faithful to the call that Jesus has for us because this is for the good and sanctification of the world because that's what a priest does. He sanctifies. And the world will not become sanctified if you don't exercise your royal priesthood. Now, there's one last facet of the priesthood that's actually really important. And it comes to, comes to consummation today as we celebrate First Communion with several of our young people and one of our not-so-young people who is actually receiving First Communion today also. And that is the priest, after he offered the sacrifice, he would consume the sacrifice. Remember at the Passover, they have to eat the lamb. It wasn't enough just to slay it. They also had to eat the lamb. And only then were you protected from the angel of destruction. And so too, we have to, for our sacrifice to be complete, we consume the sacrifice. But we should never do this lightly. Our children are showing us today the purity in which we're called to exercise our royal priesthood. Yesterday we spent the day in retreat, which ended in confession, their first confession. So their, their white dresses are symbolic of the whiteness, the purity of their soul. In the Old Testament, the priest, if he were to offer the sacrifice unworthily with sin on his heart, there was a time when fire came and consumed him. There's times when priests drop over dead. There's, there's, there's bells on the hem of his garment because if he went into the Holy of Holies and wasn't worthy, then they'd hear the bells stopped ringing and they'd drag him out by a rope. So you never offered the sacrifice unworthily. Same thing for a priest. To offer the sacrifice to the mass with serious mortal sin on my soul is grave damage to my soul and many serious mortal sins. So we never, we never offer the sacrifice in that, in that way. And so too, when we come to the sacrifice, well, we can, we can be here, but we can't, we can't offer the sacrifice and consummate the sacrifice by receiving Holy Communion if we're, if we're in that place where we're not prepared, where we haven't been living the purity of the call of our priesthood. And that's, that's very important. So we wouldn't want to, to sully the example that these children are showing us today by deigning to take what we haven't been living. Because remember, the other part of the sacrifice is, if I am unfaithful to this covenant, let this happen to me. Let my blood be shed. And if we're not prepared to, to say that, we ought not to, to do that. So as these children have, have done for the past eight years of their life, they just came up with their arms crossed because it wasn't time for them to receive Holy Communion. It wasn't time for them to exercise their, their priesthood. And now it is. So for, for those of us uh, who, have been, who have been living the faith for a while and maybe you know, have our ebbs and flows and fallen away, what, what time is it for you? What is the Lord calling you to do? If you're not Catholic yet, what is he, what is he calling you to do to get closer to this, this moment, to be able to enter into this priesthood? If you just haven't been living the faith, coming to Mass regularly, to this, this offering, to this place of sacrifice, then the, the first place to come is back to the confessional. That's the first thing that we want to do, to come back to be pure so that we can offer a pure and holy sacrifice when we approach the altar. 
So brothers and sisters, as we uh, pray for our young people, as we remember Christ's Christ's priesthood, we look at the priesthood throughout the ages, let's ask for that grace that we can purely, uh, um, purely exercise our own royal priesthood, which means just like Jesus, just like Moses, just like the ministerial priest, we must be a mediator to the world. We must offer sacrifice, even if that sacrifice is our very lives in becoming a victim for him.